Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, ahoy, and welcome to a brand new episode of Writer's Routine. This week we're chatting to Richard Armitage. He is an actor, a narrator, and now an author. He's just released his first work of fiction as an audiobook over on Audible. We talk about his routine, most of it's in the planning and then working late. Also, how much acting takes the creativity out of his writing, and... Even when he's plotted it out, how much does he wander from that plan? If your brain becomes interested in something, I don't stop it. I, I, I sort of just go down that little tangent or down that path. And uh, even though you know I'm on the wrong track here for this chapter, but I'm I'm going to let it, you know, I'm going to explore it anyway and use it in, in a different chapter. But there were some chapters that I couldn't wait to write and some that felt like a chore. I needed to do this because it was connective tissue. There is more with Richard Armitage in this week's Writer's Routine. Welcome to Writer's Routine. This is the show where we take a look inside an author's working day to see how they get stuff done. All types of authors to see how they plan things out to, well, both their day, their time and their idea to give them the best chance of getting it down, getting it published, getting it onto the shelves or in the case of today's guest, getting it listened to. Uh, My name is Dan Simpson. Thank you so much for being there. I'll get it in early. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas. If you're listening to this after the big day, I hope you had a very Merry Christmas and uh, you're in line for a a brilliant New Year as well. Uh, It's an interesting one this week with Richard Armitage for a few reasons. It's always a bit annoying to have to immediately praise an episode with excuses, but... Just bear with. You'll have noticed that the length of this episode is a a tad shorter than normal. That's for a few reasons. Uh, You'll note from the state of my voice that I was just coming off the flu, which took away a week or so from you. Um, uh, For some reason as well, our connection was tripe. Absolutely terrible. Uh, There was a massive delay. I could hardly hear what Richard was saying, but I have managed to salvage what I think is a pretty good chat about writing. But if it does suddenly hop about, if there is a random edit that you spot, that'll be why I've made it as clean as possible. And I I think it works and it is worth cracking on with it because he's a very interesting guest. Richard Armitage is an actor who has been in, well, the Hobbit series of films. You might know him from the Harlan Coben Netflix thrillers as well. He was in The Stranger and Stay Close. 
and he's got his first work of fiction out as an audible audiobook. It's called Geneva. We talk about how the project came to be. Uh, you can hear that in detail. The shortened version is that he is one of the audible listeners' favourite narrators. Everything that he reads for them gets heavily downloaded. So Audible asked him to come up with something new. Originally, they wanted it to be ghostwritten, but he worked on a treatment. He got down a few chapters and the rest was his. And I really enjoy with this podcast chatting to all different forms of writers who have managed to get stuff out there. We've chatted to a lot of debut authors this year, which I think has been incredibly worthwhile. It's always good to hear how different people have got their sh- uh, how different people have got their stuff to you. Uh, this is called Geneva. It's a psychological thriller which follows the scientist Sarah Collier and her husband Daniel as they travel to a global conference. And only on their arrival do they realise they're actually pawns in a high stakes game with many hidden players. Now, I'm always a bit wary of um, chatting to celebrity authors on the show especially in, in the current climate, particularly with uh, children's fiction, I think it's always worth bearing in mind the merit of it. But Richard has written it, and I was curious about the process, about splitting his time with acting, if that creatively exhausts him, about the different places he wrote in, in hotels around the world, perhaps even on set. You can hear also how, looking back over his drafts, he can spot what kind of mood he was in when he wrote that bit. Also, how a lot of his routine was in thinking over beforehand and then working late. Whether because he'd worked with the master of these kind of psychological thrillers, if he sought out Harlan Coben's advice at all. And I will will say as well, uh, there were many, many more questions I wanted to ask him. But because of the aforementioned connection issue, uh, I didn't get the chance. But I think there's a lot to take away and Rich has got a fantastic voice and it's always worth hearing from different authors. So let's get to it. Talking about Geneva and we kick things off with what Richard Armitage sees in the place around him where he sits down to write. What do I see around me? Okay, I gosh, I wrote in so many different places. Um, I, I saw a lot of the inside of a hotel room. I've got to be honest. <laughs> Was there um, anything kind of... Cons- Is that what you meant? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how it works differently for different people. Um, was there anything kind of consistent amongst your space in the hotel room or was it just have laptop, will travel? Uh, it was literally that, have laptop, will travel. But I have to say I was in Seville, Madrid, uh, Rome, Manchester. <laughs> so I was getting inspired by lots of different places. So uh, it's interesting when you when you then look back over what you've written and you think, oh, I can tell where I was right there because I was in a, clearly in a good mood that day. um so it's you and your laptop what is that what is their practical kind of on the laptop that draws you towards what you're meant to be writing that day do you have like a notes folder is there post-it notes that you bring out maybe a little notebook um i had a little black notebook by my bed which i would jot down anything that i that came up in in my dreams uh on the on the laptop, I mean, I sort of flicked between iPad and laptop. So I was writing in Ulysses and then transferring it to Word, and uh, it was that all of the technology stuff was a bit of a uh, headache, to be honest, because I'd rather write with pen and paper, but uh, that's just not possible. So uh, I, you know, to be honest, I do I do have a 
a brain that can retain a lot. So I, I did a, a hell of a lot of thinking and then would write it at the end of when I'd organized it in my head. Um, so yeah, that was a bit of process. We get quite nerdy, I think, for want of a better phrase on the show. Quite a lot of people listening like, like to know uh, like what font you write with. God knows. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, I think it kept changing, but whatever the default was, uh, uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, you'd be you'd be surprised. I, I've spoken to authors who like to edit in a different font because it, it makes them see things that maybe they didn't before. I don't know if that's something... Oh, that- I need to pick up those tricks. That's a really good idea. <laughs> um, all right. Well, talk to us about your writing routine then. I'm interested because, you know, as a, as a, as a working actor, and you've already said that you, you're writing all around the world in these different hotel rooms... Uh, how did a writing day look like for you? Were you cramming it into free gaps you had in filming? Just take us through the moment you wake up to the moment you went to bed on a day when you were writing this story. How did it look? Um, you know what? I'd I'd um, I'd done quite a lot of work in the in the planning process. So I because I, I knew that I was going to be working on other projects. So I'd written a really detailed full breakdown of the entire book, and each chapter had a little paragraph about who was in it, what needed to be ha- to happen and how we were going to do it. Um, like in, in sort of maybe five lines. So uh, I was usually writing on either days off or at the weekends. So I would have a look at the, at the little paragraph which told me what I was going to be tackling, usually the night before. So I'd have an idea in my head because, uh, and this is something I do with, with acting as well. I'll, I'll look at the scene, the last thing before I sleep and then all kinds of weird stuff comes up in your dreams or, or in, it organizes itself in your brain. So I'd get up in the morning and again, read the, read the paragraph about what I was supposed to do, then probably go and eat and then go for a run. And again, like I said, do a lot of organizing in my head. So I think because I think uh, I see things very visually, I, in a way I was imagining the movie of this book. So I would sort of riff on what the, was was going to happen in the chapter, which would get broken down into various scenes. And then I'd come back and sometime in the afternoon, I'd start trying to write it down and, and sort of organize it, you know, on the page or on the screen. Um, and I would just keep going like free flow. So sometimes you'd, I'd find myself, it'd be like two in the morning and I just couldn't stop because you have to get it out. But the, the most satisfying thing I found was, was coming back to it. Maybe I'd leave it for the next day come back to it a couple of days later and really go back over what I've what I'd written and you know stop polishing and editing and you realize you know you do need to have that um that free flow where you don't check yourself too much I just used to let it all come out that's interesting I speak to many authors on the show who set themselves a, a, a word count you know they might aim to get down a thousand words a day um and the idea of sitting there for hours on end just uh, typing and bashing out in this state of free flow might might be quite tough for them w- was there any part of you that that wishes maybe you had had more organization in what you were able to write i know that that's not always doable because of work but if you'd have been able to sit there and say right i'm going to get a thousand words done today how much would that have impacted the way you wrote the story do you think you know i did have a rough idea of what my word count needed to be per chapter but i'm i realized i had to disobey that 
thing because if I either was not getting there or I was way, way over, I didn't want to restrict what was coming out. So m- more often than not, I would probably write about 1,500 to 2,000 words too many. But then it, that made the editing thing much more satisfying because you just start to take away the stuff that you don't need knowing that the chapter was going to be actually like, you know, cooking down a sauce. You know, you get it really rich and, and concentrated. And and sometimes, you know, I would write something that I, I would then remove and just put it into my little slush bucket and use it later uh, because I'd probably written it in the wrong place. But, but you know, it's a little bit like, I mean, and I do this with, with preparing for any character, if your brain becomes interested in something, I don't stop it. I, I, I sort of just go down that little tangent or down that path. And uh, even though you know I'm on the wrong track here for this chapter, but I'm I'm going to let it, you know, I'm going to explore it anyway and use it in, in a different chapter. But there were some chapters that I couldn't wait to write and some that felt like a chore. I needed to do this because it was connective tissue. The process of acting is interesting because it's it's quite slow and ponderous and you do a lot of waiting around and my without trying my brain will just fill up with ideas of things I'd like to do in the scene that you then get to try but also knowing that I had something else simmering on the stove which was my book my writing I I quite liked the the uh, it's a bit like drawing off excess uh, liquid is that if I didn't explore something during the day, I could I could get it out on you know with my you know with with the words and uh, the thing that I was writing. So, so you, I can really tell uh, where I was in the year by looking at parts of the book and thinking, oh, I know where I was there, and I know what's informing this. Uh, so rather than it be, yeah, I, d- I don't get that the creative exhaustion. I mean, sometimes you do need to switch off, which is why um, I, I'd say that I, I do a lot of thinking rather than disciplined, like I have to get this down, you know, I, I, and, until, I'm, until I was ready to write. Because uh, if, you, if you're forcing yourself to do anything creative, it's, it's always going to feel slightly forced. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't write until I was ready to write. On days when the words re- weren't, coming to you easily, Richard, is there anything that you learned along the way to just help them out? Anything that might grease the, the, the cogs of potential writer's block, I guess? Yeah. I mean, and again, it's very similar to trying to learn lines. You know, there is a structured discipline that you just do, even if it's not going in. So I would uh, structure the chapter that I was writing with the A to B, like the dot to dot of what needed to happen so that the next chapter could could occur and I would just have holding things where I would leave a slight gap going I know I'm going to fill this in later with something creative and inspirational but I would at least get the skeleton down uh, and call it done uh, and there were some chapters that I again I I, I just left unwritten and I, I you know I would say to the editor I know I've got to go back in and write this one I'll do it when I when I've found what I need uh, so and, and the thing is I was quite I'm quite used to that because with um with acting, you you shoot out of sequence. So I, I actually found it quite easy to just write a chapter from the end or one, go back and do something from the beginning and keep all of the pieces in my head so that if something need, something was in the beginning, I could just shift it over and know that I was going to use it later down the line. Uh, so, so yeah, having that, having the skeleton in place was, was really useful for that. 
Uh, now, just the way that this story, uh, this project rather, has come about is quite different from the way many people listening will, will think publishing is done. So you had narrated quite a lot of stories exclusively for Audible, and now you've written a story which you're also narrating on Audible. Can you just tell us, I guess, how, how the project came together? Because it's always interesting to hear how not every publishing story is exactly the same. Yeah, um, out of the blue, Audible uh, came to me or through my, through my agent and said, "Would you would Richard be interested in writing uh, a crime thriller?" And I think they'd obviously looked at a lot of the data that they they have on who was listening to my words to to um, my work as a reader uh, and where my voice was sort of fitting into. To the amount of of reading that I do for them, you know, and I do have quite a broad uh, selection of styles of writing. But they they said this. We think this might be quite a good idea, and you know, I immediately said, "Yeah, yeah, I'd love to love to write something." Um, and then they said, "Well, it will be audio only." So I thought that was appropriate. And then the word ghostwriter came up, and I felt like because I was going to be speaking these words, they wanted me to write something that I would read as a character. So I had to write myself into my own story, if you see what I mean. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't be reading someone else's words, pretending they were mine. So I, I absolutely said, no ghostwriter, I'm going to do this. So, so the experiment that they threw out became a little bit more precarious because they were like, we don't even know if he can write yet. So I submitted a writing sample to them and my plot idea which they were thrilled with. And and then we started to develop it together. So I worked with an editor on the story structure. And, you know, that process, again, is a little bit like acting, is you you spend a lot of time asking questions. Um, and then my, my job was to try and answer them to make that story as dynamic and streamlined as possible. Um, and then, like I say, we, we created the structure and then I started writing and but uh, it's interesting writing knowing that things are going to change things are going to move things are going to be filtered out uh so I, I never threw anything away i kept i kept everything in different boxes to to draw on later without effort and without realizing it what i was doing was imagining this story as my my tv show or my my mini series or movie uh, picturing each scene, each moment, each uh, chapter, and then just going and writing it down. So, so understanding that my brain works works in a very visual way. I always knew this. You know, when I when I work on scripts as an actor, I, I you know my margins are just full of images and pictures, and uh, it's I'm a very visual uh, storyteller creatively. So, so I I basically made the movie in my head and then wrote it down. Um, which again was, is very satisfying, but I, it meant that I had to go to the place that I was writing about to see it, um, just to to find accuracy and, and detail. But I, I found myself writing, talking to my editor in terms of scenes and cuts and things like that. But uh, but that was really the process. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We'll be back with more from Richard and my fluey, scraggly voice in just a second. Just want to point you towards our Patreon page quickly. If you're enjoying the show, uh, if, if you like what we do, if you gain any insights, any advice on how to get your idea down if we've helped out at all you can always support the show at patreon.com forward slash writers routine i really really appreciate anything that you can sling our way uh, it's a one-man operation uh, that man is is me i do everything which is why it's been a bit higgledy piggledy recently and i really appreciate you carrying on if you are a patreon you being there you supporting the show a little goes an extraordinarily long way it helps us carry on going keep bringing you these chats with the best authors around as often as we can uh, until this month i hadn't missed a friday in a, a long old time uh, so i really appreciate it for that you get our thanks you get merch there is bonus content there is even a way for your book to sponsor this show and i will emphasize i know times are incredibly tight at the moment uh, so if you can sing anything my way i am eternally grateful to you for doing that for you becoming a backer, for you supporting the show, helping us carry on doing this podcast at patreon.com forward slash writers routine. Let's get back to it then with Richard Armitage, actor, narrator, and now author. He's worked on Shakespeare. He's worked in the Hobbit series. Uh, he's worked in the Harlan Coburn Netflix thrillers, probably more recently. That's where you might know him from. And we're talking about his new Audiobook. I was going to say book or novel, but that's not quite what it is. There is a chance that it'll be printed, and we'll hear about that in a little bit. But the new audiobook through Audible is called Geneva. He's written it after being asked by Audible to work on something for the listeners that love hearing his voice. Uh, we talk about working on TV drama and how what that taught him about writing plot. Also, the idea he had for Geneva, writing it with a lot of different voices, a lot of different actors in mind. And we pick things up chatting about how it was different writing for an audiobook rather than a novel that was then turned into an audiobook. 
the process was different because I, I did read every single word out loud to make sure that it was right musically, structurally. Um, but towards the end, of co- the same process happened with Audible. There was a copy editor that made sure all the grammar was correct and pretty to look at and it was formatted well because, uh, you know, although it, it is um, uh, primarily for, for audio at the moment, it may turn into a, a physical book further down the line. Um, so so we did go through all that, that process. I mean, in, in a way, it's a bit like notating music because when you, without all of that punctuation grammar and, and everything in place, the the readers that were reading the other characters, it, it's it's a bit like a score. You have to you have to give them the that instruction uh, of of you know how I how I was hearing it in terms of pause and pace and all of those kinds of things. But um, uh, certainly in the recording room, I was uh, hitting a couple of of moments where I just thought this isn't right. I've got to I've got to. Uh, use a different word here or uh, it, it didn't flow it just just one or two places so I was I still was editing right at the last minute and uh, retrofitting the the final draft a little bit so let's talk about the the actual story then this is Geneva and from what you've said so far it's interesting because you're you're writing in many more dimensions than something that is is made only to be read on on the page. Uh, what you've been approached by Audible. You, you don't want the ghostwriter. You want to write yourself. Tell us about the first moment that the idea for what would become Geneva came into your brain. You know, I I do. I read a lot of audiobooks, a, lo- a lot of other people's literature, and I and I also have listened to quite a few. And I sort of understand my own taste, and I try to tap into what people want from an audiobook and i knew that i wanted this to be spoken in first person you know the, i'd read uh, jekyll and hyde for audible and i really loved the idea of a kind of doctor's thesis about somebody who was you know mentally unwell and obviously in jekyll and hyde he's writing about himself so i that was really my first idea that that i was going to write the character of daniel collier who was describing a case study that turned out to be his wife. Um, and then I thought, well, I, you know, she's the the nucleus of the story and, and all of the the kind of mental torture that she's going through, I'd like that to be experienced in first person as well. So I wrote both of the protagonists in first person. And I, I also, I took inspiration from Sarah Gilbert, who was uh, very much in the news, you know, with the AstraZeneca vaccine at the time. And I just thought, I'll use that the idea of a brilliant scientist who starts to experience problems with her own mental health, uh, just as a foundation stone for who that woman was going to be. Um, and then I, I just started to experiment with, you know, the, the character of um, Daniel was a lecturer, so I wanted him to talk to his students and to the audience at the same time. And you're writing in a genre. I mean, we've spoken about uh, Harlan Coben and we've spoken about uh, other forms of psych thriller, but that's that's how you're writing. How much did, were you thinking about, I guess, playing the game of the genre that you're writing in, in terms of words on the page, what you're actual writing, how you're structuring your chapters and you know, leaving red herrings and leaving short chapters that you want to quickly jump to the next one? How, how, how much were you thinking about that, Richard? 
Um, you know, when I first started, uh, I really wasn't thinking about the genre at all. And, and I was relying on my editor, who's very experienced in that field, to guide me. Um, I, on a personal taste level, I, I really um, was very conscious of cheating the audience. You know, so red herrings can really be a problem for me. I, they they trouble me and I get very frustrated, certainly in in terms of TV drama. Uh, there, and there are certain writers and, and directors that do it very well and some, some others that you get very frustrated at the end and you think, wait a second, I've spent all this time, all of this investment, and this is going nowhere. So I was really conscious of that. But at the same time, I also don't like things that are too tied up neatly and over-explained. You know, I think there's room for enigma in in uh, this genre. So I was finding a balance of all of those things, but but understanding um, understanding what the set pieces needed to be um, was important, and I also had to uh, swallow a bigger pill, I suppose, with my villain because you know I was making her too nuanced and it was almost like this character just needs to be black and white you know psycho um in order to make the story work but i still i still think it's important and i'm I'm creating another treatment right now and it's making everything as believable as possible um just any twist or any cliffhanger was was explicable and and understand you know to be to be understood but without cheating the audience And that is it for this week's episode of Writer's Routine. Thank you to Richard Armitage for coming on the show. Uh, he's obviously a very busy man, so I really appreciate that time. Also, a huge thank you to you uh, for, for cracking on with that. I know it was a slightly different episode, so I really appreciate your time in, in listening. That new Audible audiobook by Richard is called Geneva, and you can get it right now. Um, thank you so much for listening to the show this year. I will see you back in January 2023. Ugh with another episode of the podcast we've got more fantastic authors on the way you can support us at patreon.com forward slash writers routine drop us a tweet at writers pod follow us on there and if there's anything you want to say you want to get in touch use the contact form over at writersroutine.com. it's really easy uh, and you might have heard my cat meowing in the background because i've locked her out of the room i need to go and let her in have a very merry christmas and a fantastic new year and i will see you in 2023 until then bye <laughs>
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 